Hi, everyone. We're at Journal of the Toronto News and Arts, and joining me today is Anna Nukulai. Did I Good. say that well enough? You, you said it right. Awesome. Uh, you're an incredible Toronto designer. Thank you so much. I'm like one of your biggest fans. You know this. Yes, I do. And Thank you. you. I appreciate it. Uh, it's incredible. Um, you work with leather, creating beautiful masks and other costume clothing pieces and objects. Um, you studied set and costume design at... Uh, University of Theatre and Cinema Cinematography in Bucharest, Romania. Yes, great, because I can't pronounce any of the names. <laughs> Me neither, as you can see. You know, I have to say... Education or not, the kind of creativity that I see coming out from you cannot be through, it cannot be taught. Thank you so much. There is no way because, you know, I'm, I like many things, but I'm not as impressed by most things. And your work, it's just, it gets better and better and more imaginative. I just want to understand, you know, how you got started. Where does this imp inspiration and ideas come from? Well, First of all, I cannot thank you so much for, like... It's the, the truth, date. Anna. Like, your work is mind-blowing. Thank you. Um, well, I cannot really take credit for all of it in the sense... I cannot take credit. Nobody can take credit for talent. That is just something that comes from the universe mm -hmm. and is a gift, and we should just honor it. Um, but in terms of education... Um, I'm also coming, like, yeah, I, I, I followed formal education, all based in uh, arts. Uh, however, I was born in a family of artists, so that has a lot to do with who I am today as well. Uh, because I basically, before I learned how to write and read, uh, I was, like, working with clay and colors and leather bits little bits of leather and stuff so yeah everything carried since a very very early age that so, makes a massive difference right yeah secondly is i think is very important of course it it depends very much on how passionate we are as individuals in our craft to me is um i'm i'm just perpetually curious because there's always there's always a new layer that we can build on top of what we already know mm -hmm. and that's the beauty of crafts in general and there's a very small if not completely diluted sometimes there's no I'm sorry you guys are gonna cut here a lot because I'm going in some places but it's all good there there's basically I don't see many times the distinction between art and artisanship, like craft, because I think it they they're so related in so many ways. Mm -hmm. Like artisanship usually goes in in the area where you have a finished product that has a function. That's the way I would describe it. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, it's a product as an end result. Art, on the other hand, is more abstract in some ways, right? Whether it's a painting or a piece of music or anything of that sort, it's more abstract in the sense of it is still a product, but it's also, it just speaks to a different level of the soul. It's not mm -hmm. just something that you go and buy in a store, right? Uh, however, 
this border between the two, especially nowadays, is kind of fading. And I think that's a beautiful thing because we can learn and borrow from each other, mm -hmm. so, so to speak. I really love how you explained all that because it also helps us understand your artwork better. Because it kind of sits in two different mm -hmm. um, teams, if you, if you want, right? Yes, and it helps us translate and understand. That's why it's so important to hear from the creator, because often we look at the work and we're like, where is this coming from? What does it represent? Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a theater background for you, but that was a really beautiful way of explaining it. Oh, for you the know, listeners, I'm nodding a lot here. Uh, <laughs> I'm just not very vocal, usually. <laughs> so You're yeah, doing great. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm glad you can share. So... You know, one of my questions was, your work is super clean, super detailed and imaginative. And the detail part I'm understanding because of your childhood and how you got exposed and the little pieces. But, you know, what is the timeline? You have so much work and the detail, the creativity, and I can't take one of your pieces and compare it to another. This is just uh, really practice. Practice makes perfect. Uh, when you do something every single day for extended hours, mm -hmm. you kind of get good at it <laughs> and you get very efficient, right? So that's why I'm going back to craft rather than art because I learned to be efficient because I started by making products and there you have to have a deadline, you have to have, you have a very specific target in mind, mm -hmm. and that kind of forces you, it disciplines you a lot, right? right. So then, to, uh, of course, I'm only speaking from my own perspective, I can be, I'm actually, it's funny because you, you said earlier, it, uh, it's clean, you, you perceive it as clean. I'm mentally, many times, I'm very messy. I'm extremely messy. But you need so, that to be a creative. Uh, absolutely. But sometimes when I look at my artwork, I see it, because I see it from the inside, I see it as not complete. Uh, yeah, of course, I have a giant uh, critical eye. But it's not complete. It's messy. It doesn't, uh, like, convey what I actually feel like to its full extent right. and stuff like that. So thank you for actually saying that because it, it validates me. And that's the despite thing. Despite like my as an, ideas uh, I have. Well, that's uh, exactly it though. But artists are so critical of their own work and often what you do envision doesn't completely come out, but then you have this other beautiful uh, piece that you can either keep or go ahead and try to, you know, create a new one that's going to fit the vision. But at the end, I see nothing but clean because I'm also detailed oriented. And when I look at your stuff, I have no words. Honestly, I have no words for your work. That's why you're here. We have to share it with the world. Um, you know, and that being said, do you have certain uh, rituals while you're creating to get you through that process with such massive and detailed projects? I actually have two, it's a total antithesis, what do you call that in English? Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, so there are two conflicted, conflicting ideas of how I approach my creative process. Uh, I either don't plan anything whatsoever and I just let it flow, 
uh, and whatever comes out comes out, and sometimes they're amazing results, or I have to be very regimented because there's something at stake in the sense of I, I have to achieve a certain result or I have a certain subject and I have to be very disciplined on it. And so, yeah, it's always like I can go either way depending on um, depending on uh, the project really but when it comes to my own to my own to my soul art uh, I kind of like to not put too many rules because as far as I know myself as a person the more rules you give me the the less rules you give me the better results right. you're gonna get because less chance of, you know, the creativity being yeah. sucked out of you, right? Exactly, exactly. So Amazing. It, it's, it's incredible. And what's also amazing about you is that you are working in your field. I am very, very fortunate. Share with us a little bit about uh, the work that you do. Because, again, your art is so versatile. You're so good at what you do. So it allows you to be able to, like, touch different industries with different products. Yet everything somehow plays into the same aesthetic mm -hmm. which I find I, I am so immensely grateful that I have all these opportunities so to work to do what I love in one respect or another uh, so I am working full time for uh, Jitterbug Boy um, a lot of people in, in I, I'm sure a lot of people in Toronto in general but also a lot of people who work in the film and theater industry, they know the company very well because we make uh, footwear for, um, for the film industry and the theater. And it, it, it's just so much fun there. And the shoes you make are incredible. Oh, thank you. Well, I learned a lot there. So, so it's the hands-on experience and absolutely. the ability to work in your field. Yeah, it's actually a funny story because... Uh, before I moved to Canada, so I was—I mentioned my my um, my family. They're all into arts, and my dad is a visual artist. My mom was a fashion designer. My sister is a fashion designer, wow. uh, and my brother-in-law—he um, was also a fashion designer, but he he turned towards leather work and accessories, and he uh, is a shoe designer. And I learned, and my dad, when I was very young, sorry, this is very long winded. No, it's great. <laughs> it's a complicated story. Uh, when I was very young, my dad, aside his visual art, he had a small leather shop. So I grew up seeing that. And it's like coming back to our days, when mm -hmm. I started my, my own business in leather work here in Canada, I didn't. I realized I didn't do a lot of stuff yet. There was that. There was that heritage, that memory that was just so embedded in my brain, and I didn't do it with my own hands. But a lot of things I knew how they were done because that's what I. That's how I grew up watching all these processes happening. Yeah, right? the visuals so was, definitely engraved. 
it was, it was amazing, yeah. And uh, so right before I came to Canada, I moved to Canada, my brother-in-law taught me uh, like the basics about shoemaking and then I had to come here and I left it there, right? Uh, not knowing where life would take mm -hmm. me. And um, when, when I started working with, with Jeff and Jitterbug Boy, I was like, oh, this is the perfect opportunity to just take it where I left off back in Romania. And I just build so much more on it because he's coming from his own perspective and his own background. And there are just so many. And with craftspeople, I find there's no there's no the same way of doing things. Exactly. Like every single shop would have a different way of doing things. And if you are lucky enough to see different um, versions, you actually end up much more enriched because Absolutely. you know so many little tricks, right? I'm really excited about like all this because it's, uh, I, I have, I also have um, like, I don't always wear the best shoes because I'm, <laughs> a, practical, shoes. I'm a practical person. <laughs> uh, but And I work a lot and I always end up getting myself dirty and I don't care many times. Um, but I always had this fascination with shoes and with footwear and with its construction and with the craft, the craft itself. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a dying craft and it's very unfortunate because us modern people, we have no freaking idea how important it is to have. Like, if I would publicly recommend something to people, it would be get yourself a pair of custom shoes made at least once in your lifetime, and you will see the difference. Yes. And it sounds like I'm, like, advertising some, something here. It's really so important how like what kind of footwear we, we, we wear. I agree with you completely. And today, which had nothing to do with you, I was like, everyone needs a shoemaker because I certainly do. And, uh, and, you know, we have forgotten to work with our hands. We have forgotten to pass on these ancestral... Um, knowledge. Knowledge. Yep. It's so important. Yep. And, you know, it's like farming. We are forgetting about farming just like you're forgetting about shoemaking. So and that's a life skill. Yes, and exactly. And uh, it's you've hit on some really important points today. And what's great is that it sounds like every day you go to your favorite playground yeah, it and is do fun. what you want to do. It, I, have, I have several pl playgrounds. And like I said earlier, I'm, I'm very, very grateful that is the case because I had moments in my life when I wasn't doing what... I, I was doing what I had to do, but I wasn't a happy camper at all. It, it, it was, I was actually dying inside. I totally so understand. So just being able to to do what you love is is so, so, so important. It's so inspiring to hear that, and I think there's a lot of artists in general, but especially at a time like this, who need to hear that and to keep pursuing their uh, talents. Yeah. Um, is... So was coming to Canada part of you wanting to work here, or how did you end up here and getting into all of this? Uh, it was just uh, it was a process that started when I was a minor. 
and that was like basically my parents took that decision and I had my moment right before coming here where because it took a while for all the papers to happen and everything and in that while I transitioned from being a, a crazy teenager who didn't know anything uh, I transitioned into going to university and getting a job, a real job, and uh, creating like a network of people and friends and all that other stuff. And I was kind of setting roots where I was like back home at, the, at that moment. And mm -hmm. I rebelled right before coming here. I, uh, I was, I had a moment when I said I'm not coming anymore. Because it's really, and then I felt completely uprooted when I arrived here, and it took me, uh, even to this day, I'm kind of, mm, I'm kind of surprised at myself to realize how long it took me to adapt here, considering my age. I moved here when I was 23. Gotcha. So it's like, you would think when you're, a child or young, very young, it's easy to just go anywhere. But it, it, it was, from many points of view, it was very difficult for me. Yeah, I can definitely And I still imagine. miss it to this day. Um, but you sound like any other immigrant that gets lost. I mean, I came back when I was 10. Yeah. I'm still, I still haven't adjusted because you lived a life before that and it's very different worlds, right? Yeah. And as an immigrant, sometimes we feel... You don't fit there, you don't fit yeah. here. Who are you, where are you, what are you doing? But yeah. what's wonderful is that while you're here, you're able to do the things that you enjoy. And I hope that makes a big difference. It makes a huge difference. And I'm, the past few years have not been the easiest for me, uh, mm -hmm. just personal stuff. Um, and I was, a few years back, I was like, right at that point where I was like, I'm turning back uh, and I realized that well I had a set of very good friends who discouraged me profoundly to do <laughs> that but um, now that things settled and I'm thinking with a calmer mind and a calmer soul um, there's so many more opportunities here and I'm not talking from a um, financial point of view or it's just there are more opportunities in general to just be able to to build something and to make your voice heard if you really put your mind to it because uh, yeah we can have a lot of ideas and a lot of uh, um, wishes and uh, a lot of drive to do things but mm -hmm. if you don't actually put things in to mo in motion right. Uh, things are not ha gonna happen and just fall out of the sky for you so absolutely I mean you know like you said there's a lot more opportunities and it's just not easy yeah you have to work really hard to uh, hopefully reach your dreams at some point or work smart yeah <laughs> which which is something I'm learning right now because I've been working hard all my life I would say but uh, sometimes you have to just take a step back and breathe a little bit Correct. and just kind of weigh your emotions, literally. And okay, do I have to 
exert myself to the fullest here or mm -hmm. can I just put 50% of effort and just put more mind into it and right. work smart, right? And sometimes and as a creative and human being, yeah. you know, it gets challenging, yeah. but you figure it out. It, Thank you. And I'm just really grateful that you came and shared this with us today. And you're welcome in this space anytime. Thank you very much. And, uh, and thank you for having me. You guys are awesome. Yes. <laughs> Have a great day and everybody, we're at News and Arts. Join us on Facebook and Instagram and talk to you soon.